Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by Liver Health Formula from Pure Health Research. For anyone looking to ignite their fat-burning metabolism, boost their energy, and transform how they look and feel, they must start taking care of their liver. Your liver is your body's master detoxifier. It performs over 500 key functions in your body every single day. It's responsible for cleansing and removing thousands of harmful toxins, man-made chemicals, alcohol, and dangerous food additives and preservatives. And after decades of wear and tear, our livers slow down and they become sluggish. And this is why so many of us struggle with weight gain and feeling tired all the time. Fortunately, there's a simple all-natural solution that I recommend. It's called Liver Health Formula. Liver Health Formula contains 12 powerful botanicals clinically proven to recharge and protect your liver at the cellular level. It helps restore your liver's detoxifying abilities. It boosts your energy levels and can kick your natural metabolism into high gear. It also works remarkably well to fight fatty liver, which is a silent epidemic affecting 100 million Americans. And right now, as a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you're going to receive a free 30-day supply of nano-powered omega-3. This powerful blend of omega-3 fatty acids supports a healthy heart and brain with four times better absorption thanks to this special nano-delivery system. You're also getting four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health and longevity, regardless of age. Just go to getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call toll free at 800-282-1757 to claim your risk-free supply of liver health formula and all five bonus gifts. That's get liver help. So G-E-T-L-I-V-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash jockers or call 800-282-1757. You're covered by their 365-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to risk. But supplies are limited, so go head over to getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call toll-free at 800-282-1757 now to order liver health formula and claim your five free bonus gifts while you still can. That's getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call 800-282-1757. Well, welcome back to the summit. Today, I've got a powerful interview. We're going to be talking about addressing gut infections. We're going to talk about H. pylori. We're going to talk about parasites like blastocystis hominis. We're going to talk about worms. We're going to talk about all different types of gut infections, histamine-producing bacteria like Klebsiella. We're going to talk about mold and mycotoxins. This is going to be a powerful episode. My friend Evan Brand from evanbrand.com is on. He is a 
expert when it comes to this stuff. And he's been seeing clients now for years. He's a certified functional medicine practitioner, a functional nutrition therapy practitioner who has transformed the lives of thousands of clients with his online practice by finding and fixing the root causes of fatigue, depression, anxiety, digestive, and other issues. He solved his own health struggles using the same advanced lab testing strategies and protocols that he now uses in the clinic. And he also offers at-home functional medicine training courses, which we talk about at the end of this interview, through his Functional Academy of Medicine and Epigenetics, his fame. Uh, it's called Functional Academy of Medicine. And these courses are on gut, mold, and energy issues. So guys, you're going to love this podcast. And if you know anybody that's dealing with chronic health issues, send them this episode. This is so powerful, this information. And if you have not left us a five-star review, now is the time to do that. Just go to Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast, scroll to the bottom where it says reviews, leave a review. When you do that, it helps us reach more people and impact more lives with this message. Thank you so much for doing that. And let's go into the show. Well, Evan, always great to converse with you. And I know you're in the field. You're working with people one-on-one -on, -one on a regular basis, and you're seeing gut infections. You're seeing mold, mycotoxins. You're seeing a lot of these root cause factors that are causing chronic health conditions. And so I know today we're trying to really target in on gut infections. So let's talk about some of the most common gut infections that you're seeing. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to get together. We've done this uh, like every year on the year here for a while now, so I love it. And yeah, you're right. I am in the trenches. Uh, I've seen over 2,000 cases and still working, give or take three to four days a week in the clinic where I'm seeing people that are at the end of their rope. And we look at these cases and we do a workup on them. And many of these people have already had labs done, but maybe they didn't have the right ones done, or maybe they were begging their doctor or their practitioner to do the right labs. And then maybe those practitioners don't know what to do with them. So I see a lot of stuff. I see like old labs, and then I'll typically run new ones. And usually it's a combination of the following, some sort of bacterial overgrowth. You could call it dysbiosis. You could call it SIBO, whatever you want to call it. But this is something like Klebsiella, Morganella, Pseudomonas, Citrobacter, Proteus. These are different bacteria that not only secrete histamine, so this can further a histamine intolerance problem like flushing, food sensitivities, rashes, itching, allergy type symptoms, but these can also be autoimmune triggering bacteria. So we know there's a huge link between uh, rheumatoid arthritis and these autoimmune triggering bacteria. Also Hashimoto's is linked to Klebsiella. So we'll look at the specific infection and then we'll try to match it up. It's almost like a game, which is why I love it because we'll see the diagnosis on one side, like, okay, Hashimoto's. And then we look here at the gut infection, we go, oh, well, well, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. And so we'll try to match those two up. And then we go into parasite infections, which that's what wrecked me years ago when I was known as the gut guy for a long time until I got sick from mold. And now I'm like the mold guy that still has gut knowledge. <laughs> but I had Giardia and Crypto, and these are waterborne parasites. I grew up in swimming in lakes and rivers and creeks and streams and playing outside like kids uh, hopefully will do today. And unfortunately, when you're in that fresh water, you pick up those parasites. You'll also see Blasto. You'll see Dentamoeba fragilis. Intamoeba histolytica, uh, blasto a lot is, you know, I see blasto a lot in like Latin America, South America, people that travel, maybe they go to Ecuador, Guatemala, Colombia, Brazil, um, South Africa. I've seen a bunch of people that travel there to like do these safaris and they always come back with parasites. You don't have to travel though. That's a myth. 
-hmm. I had parasites and I'd never been out of the US. So this idea that this is a rare conversation here, that this is only for an exotic few listeners. No, this applies to everyone because the food supply is international. Think about your, you know, your blueberries. They could be from Canada. Um, your pineapple could be from Costa Rica. So the food supply is international and you could potentially get exposed that way. Also food, water, I mean, soil, these things are everywhere. Uh, so we got bacterial, we got parasitic, and then you have fungal infections too. And this is the real, to me, almost one of the bigger smoking guns because I've pursued these other parasites. I've pursued these bacteria in certain clients and we don't get all the way to the finish line. Like there's still lingering symptoms like anxiety, fatigue, depression, skin problems, insomnia, uh, low libido, weight issues. And then all of a sudden we get to these fungal metabolites. And when we run the organic acids test, we can look at those now. And Great Plains does a great job of showing specific fungal metabolites like aspergillus and fusarium. So these are type of molds that people may be growing. And when those fungi are growing, they're excreting these organic acids, which we then pick up in the urine. So it's kind of like if you are walking in the woods and you see a pile of ash, you'll know, oh, there was a campfire there. So that's how we're looking. We're looking at these metabolites, these things that get spit off from these fungus or bacteria. And that's a big problem because at an extreme level, you could even see it on a chest x-ray. They call it an aspergilloma. It's pretty creepy looking, but it looks like this, almost like a black tennis ball growing inside of you. That would be a you know, an extreme manifestation of this fungal problem. So I'll usually come in and do herbal antifungals up the nose, and then we'll do those orally for a few months. But then we have to find the source. So if someone comes to you and they say, hey, I treated these parasites in their back. I treated these bacteria in their back. I keep running these protocols. I'm bouncing around from naturopath to naturopath, doctor to doctor, functional medicine guy to functional medicine guy. And they're running oregano and caprylic acid and biocidin and all these other things. And they're still spinning their wheels. Usually the light bulb goes off for me and I'm like, okay, well, where's the hiding mold? And usually we find it. It's either in the urine excreted as mycotoxins, they're colonized and it's on the oat test, or they're still living in it. Oh yeah, I had a leak in my bathroom. You know, we just kind of painted over it. Or uh, we had a basement flood a couple years ago and we tried to dry it up and put some fans down there. It's like, uh, that's not good enough. So usually if there's an infection that is chronic, there's an environmental piece that someone hasn't found yet. Yeah, because those environmental pieces will weaken the immune system. And we know that even though you're taking herbs like oregano, like you talked about caprylic acid, you're taking all of these antimicrobial herbs that support the immune system. If the immune system is, if its baseline is already weak, then your body's really not going to be able to eliminate these. Um, and it's going to, it's basically going to create a home. It's going to create an environment that's ripe for these infections. Tell me if this analogy is any good. I've been using it with clients and they haven't told me whether it was good or bad yet. So the analogy I've come up with is mold is almost like the bad guy at the back of the nightclub. He opens the back door and he lets all these scrubs in the club. So they're tearing things up, making a mess, crashing the party. And so you kick out all these guys, you kick out all the bacteria, you kick out the yeast, you kick out the parasites, but the back door is still open. So they're just liable to come back in, tear the place up again. Yeah, that is a good analogy. I've also heard this one where it's kind of like, uh, you know, if, if you've got a dumpster and you've got a whole bunch of rats in there and you go in, you spray rat poison. Yeah, it kills the rats, but you still have a dumpster. If you don't clean up the dumpster, what's coming back? The rats. Yeah, right? this is true. 
And this is what so many people are doing is they're going on short-term protocols. They might feel better. They might not, right? Their detox pathways may not be open, their drainage pathways. So they may actually feel worse taking the herbs. Or if they feel better, it's only for short-term because, you know, shortly later when they come off of them, uh, the symptoms return. Yeah. So we jumped into like gut dysbiosis 201. Let's go backwards for a minute. Let's go back to like gut dysbiosis 101. Like what type of symptoms will people be experiencing? Because I just went straight into the nitty gritty here. So let's back up a hair. Nausea is a big one. I had nausea all the time. Appetite swings. So you could have an insatiable hunger or you could have hardly any appetite at all. Uh, I lost weight. Some people gain weight. There could be a swing of 20 to 30 pounds without trying. There could be depression. So any kind of mood issue, there's a big link. It's even in the literature about helicobacter pylori. We call it H. pylori for short and depression and anxiety. So these gut infections can create neuropsychiatric manifestations. And your psychologist, your psychiatrist is not going to recognize this. They're not going to run a stool test on you at the therapist office, I promise. And if they are, send them my way. I'll do a podcast with them. I'd like to interview them about that. But I know a lot of mental health professionals, and they're not looking in these places. Also, diarrhea, constipation, uh, skin issues of any kind, whether that is like dry skin or rashes, acne, bloating, of course, burping, gas. I mean, is, you know I me, mean, people talk to me about their nasty, smelly farts. They're like, oh, I clear a room. It's like, okay, that's not normal. You shouldn't be clearing a room. Like really, you shouldn't have much gas at all. Like if your gut is optimized, like people, you'll see these random memes on the internet. People say, oh, the average person farts 15 times a day. It's like, well, I, I don't. And you, you shouldn't if your gut is optimized. Now, maybe some is normal, but if you're clearing a room, it shouldn't smell that potent. Something's yeah. not right. And People laugh at it, but really, this is an important thing to look at. These are important clues. Uh, floating stool would be another clue, too, that you're not digesting your fat. There could be an infection up north that is impairing your fat digestion. So in the case of H. pylori, it's a really common bacteria. It can overgrow. It can damage the parietal cells, which make and secrete stomach acid. And that essentially turns down your digestive fire. And once that happens, now you don't get the release of the stored bile from the gallbladder. So your liver's making bile. Your gallbladder's storing it and concentrating it. And that's really important for having uh, fat-soluble vitamins be absorbed by the body. But if up north in the stomach, this infection has essentially turned the key and said, hey, optimal digestion go away, well, this whole digestive domino effect that's supposed to happen falls apart. So then the floating stools happen, the hair loss, the nails, the, you know, the, the brittle nails, or you could have ridges on your nails, those type of things all add up. And many people don't see the big picture. So they go to these individualized places to do certain things. Let me just expand on this. They go to the uh, makeup artist to draw on their eyebrows because they're losing their eyebrows, right? They want thicker hair. So maybe they go as far as hair implants or extensions, or they go get their nails done because their nails are just so weak. They're like, oh, we might as well just cover them up anyway. Or they go to the skin treatment person and they're getting lasered or they're getting a facial or some expensive facial treatment when your skin can thrive on its own. Look at these pictures of Weston A. Price that he gathered from his worldly travels in the early 1920s. 
all of these tribal people had perfect skin. They're not going in and getting Botox injections to get rid of wrinkles. Like these people looked healthy because they're eating good fats and they're digesting well. So, and then they go to the psychologist because they're depressed or anxious. And then they go to the GI doctor for the diarrhea. And then they go to their dermatologist for the skin issue, right? So you see how this whole thing, mm -hmm. you pay this guy, you pay that girl to fix you up. But really, if you just fix these key things here, you can eliminate the need for five, six other people all working on you and trying to treat you. How often do you forget a name or a word? We all know the frustration of having something just on the tip of our tongue, but fully forgetting something can be more than frustrating. It can be downright scary. Our brains rely on so many compounds found in nature. These include vitamins and minerals, but also things like polysaccharides, flavonoids, amino acids, carotenoids, folates, enzymes, and so much more. But how many of these are you actually getting? Due to modern farming practices, environmental pollution, and the continued loss of nutrients in our foods, most people aren't taking in nearly enough of what their brain needs. If you're experiencing cognition problems like memory loss or brain fog, then chances are you too are missing out on a lot of these important compounds. The good news, medicinal mushrooms contain all of these compounds and more. And this is why our friends over at Purality Health have infused five of the most nutritious medicinal mushrooms with their micelle liposomal formula to create mushroom mind boost. Long story short, their patented formula allows these rare, highly beneficial mushroom compounds to be safely shuttled directly into your bloodstream. The result is clearer thinking, improved memory retention, and feeling as spry as your younger self again. The best part, mushroom mind boosts taste just like chocolate syrup. I mean, it tastes amazing, but without the sugar or artificial sweeteners. But don't just take our word for it. Purality Health gives you six whole months to try their formula so that you can feel the difference these compounds can make. And today, we have a 30% off coupon for you. Just visit PurityHealth.com. That's P-U-R-A-L-I-T-Y-H-E-A-L-T-H.com and use the coupon D-R-J to access 30% off your purchase today. You guys are gonna love the flavor and the results from the mushroom mind boost. So try it out today. Yeah, it's so important to understand that when there's inflammation in the gut, right, that's going to impact all these other areas. And for certain individuals, based on their genetic structure, based on the unique bacteria or the unique, um, you know, infections that they have, it's going to it's going to affect certain regions more than others. But you really have to get your gut healthy if you're going to be healthy in general. And you talked about. Uh, H. pylori, which is one of the most common gut infections all around the world, and it can be passed by even you know things like kissing, for example, right between spouses, it gets passed on a regular basis, and it suppresses that stomach acid production. Stomach acid is kind of like your first line of defense. A lot of these microbes that we're consuming, even on cooked food, right, even food that's been been recently sterilized. There's still the moment it's exposed to air, there's some level of pathogens that are getting on it. Stomach acid is supposed to kill off a, a very, very large percentage of it. And whatever it doesn't get, the bile, which this good stomach acid triggers good bile flow, bile now, which is an alkaline substance. So, of course, acid, stomach acid is acid, acidic. Bile now 
um, comes in and it's an antimicrobial as well. So when you have a good stomach acid production, good bioflow, you're going to help prevent a lot of these uh, foodborne, waterborne infections. But mo- but so many people, whether it's due to H. pylori or chronic stress, whatever it is, um, they have diminished stomach acid production. Yeah, not to mention if you've had your gallbladder removed, right? That's mm-hmm. a that's a very common thing. I mean, they act like yeah. the gallbladder is like a fingernail, like oh, let's just rip it off, no big deal. Well, when the gallbladder is gone, now you lose that ability to really concentrate that bile. So you're still making some bile. So don't freak out if you don't have a gallbladder. You can still be healthy, but it's going to be a little harder for you. And we typically see more infections in those people that don't have a gallbladder just because of that reduced antimicrobial activity. Totally. And if you've had your gallbladder taken out. That's a really good likelihood that that you actually already have gut infections, right? And that's actually one of the main reasons why you had uh, gallstones or just sluggish bile flow and whatever it was that that caused your doctor to to want to take the uh, gallbladder out to begin with. The problem is, it's not common for people to resist the scalpel. Like if they go in with a gallbladder attack, it's very likely that they're going to be fear-mongered into pulling yeah. that thing out. And we have seen cases where people have had gallbladder attacks and they don't get it removed. We start to increase bile acids. We do things to try to thin out the bile. We encourage n- nutrients like artichoke to help stimulate that mm-hmm. and people are okay. So, you know, I can't tell you, hey, don't get the surgery. Sometimes it is a, an emergency situation. But man, if we could get people listening to this stuff and prove their gut, treat these infections, it's likely that we can save a lot of gallbladders. Yeah, absolutely. And and the, the surgery may alleviate kind of an immediate uh, pain that you're experiencing. But five years later, 80% of the people that have gallbladder surgeries still have a, a, a ton of different symptoms. In fact, they feel worse, right? And uh, that's because, again, they're not addressing the root cause. And that's what we really have to focus on is getting to the root cause. And a lot of times it's these infections. So you mentioned H. pylori. We talked a little bit about blastocystis hominis. Um, and these are some of the most common ones that that you're seeing. How about larger parasites like worms, things like that? How common are those? It's been kind of boring in the clinic lately. I used to see a lot of worms a few years ago. I felt like I was seeing worms five, 10 times a month, and and now I'm, I'm hardly seeing them. And I am confident in the testing. This is DNA sampling. So as you know, it's very accurate. And we were seeing whipworm and hookworm and all sorts of different worms. Uh, I don't know if it's that people just uh, are staying home. Maybe there's less travel, like my client's you know, a lot of them are interesting people that are like world travelers and they're going to Bali and picking up worms or something there and bringing it home. So I don't know what's changed, but in the last few years, I, I haven't seen as many as, as previous years. But the cool thing is the herbs and the nutrients we use to kill these small parasites, these microscopic ones like we're talking about, like Giardia, you're not going to see Giardia, okay? You're not going to yeah. poop it out and go, oh, there's Giardia swimming, okay, guys? This is really small. But the cool thing is by killing that, we sometimes also do kill worms. So there are cases where we'll see people poop out worms and we weren't af- we weren't actually going after yeah. them and the test may have been negative. So the testing's good, but it's not perfect. And worms, they'll exhaust you. I mean, the, I mean, Giardia can too in, in a in a parasite format. Like it'll rob your nutrients. It will create gut inflammation. It may separate the tight junctions in the gut. I don't know if we fully understand all the mechanisms that it does. It is excreting toxins as well. So you'll have brain fog associated with it. But man, when you see people with worms, usually they're pretty tired. Yeah. Like fatigue sure. is fatigue is big. Totally. 
Totally. Diarrhea, uh, you know, a lot of different issues like that. And what I found is that with the GI map, which is a test that you and I both like to run, the uh, the stool test, it's very good at picking up certain pathogens. I think it's good with H. pylori. In fact, if you see H. pylori show up on that, H. pylori is coming all the way from the stomach down into the gut. And so, like, if you see H. pylori, you know that person's got an H. pylori infection. Um, and then things like Giardia, it's good at picking that up. It's good at picking up those amoeba, blastocystis. I don't think it's very good at picking up the worms. I think you're right. I mean, I don't know what changed though, because I feel like yeah. I used to see a lot of positives and now I don't. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the sensitivity a little bit changed. But like you talked about, the good thing is there's a lot of crossover. So, there are certain herbs that perhaps could be a little bit better for certain infections, you know, and, and you're going to get a little bit better results. But if you're using a blend of different herbs, you know, and very rarely do we ever use like one, only one herb, right? We're using usually a blend you're going to get a lot of crossover benefit that's going to kill off a lot of these pathogens. Yeah, I I use a lot of what I call microbiome support too. This is my blend that has dill, it's got wormwood, mm -hmm. it's got quassia bark, hediotis, kutch tree. So I like to combine antifungal, antimicrobial, antiparasitic all in one. And the cool thing is you could potentially clear all of your infections just in one protocol. But that's like a celebration. Most of the time, it's like this. Let's let's just role play here. We've run a note. We've run a GI map. Now we see mold colonization, candida overgrowth off the chart. We see bacteria on the oat. And then on the stool, let's say Giardia H. pylori. Uh, maybe some salmonella showed up. Okay, they're, uh, I don't know, eating raw eggs, yeah. something like that. Well, let's say we run microbiome two, two caps twice a day for two to three months, depending on their symptoms, I may retest like four to six months in, or we may wait a year. Sometimes it depends on budget too. We may see that we we knocked out almost everything. And then all of a sudden Clostridia pops up. And we're like, oh, that's interesting. Now we have a new bug to go after. What's happening there? And then we see that the mold actually promotes Clostridia overgrowth and Candida. So we may have knocked out these parasites. We got the H. pylori down. We treated the spouse. Maybe the kids had H. pylori too. They're all sharing water bottles and the whole family was passing H. pylori around. So maybe we fix that and then something new pops up and it could have been that immune suppression from the mold. So sometimes it's it's whack-a-mole and people just have to understand it might be two or three different rounds that you have to do to fully get you clear to where you can get well and stay well. But all bets are off the table if you're still living in a moldy home, for example. Yeah, that's super common. And when it comes to H. pylori, you know, again, one of the most common gut infections uh, throughout the whole world, something like 50% of people have H. pylori colonization. What are some of the best herbs that you like for that? So I use my microbiome one a lot. I'll just run you down the list because that's yeah. the easiest. Um, mastic gum is, is always a piece of it. Mastic gum is really cool. It comes from a tree in Greece and they get the resin from it. Uh, clove is in there, berberine, anise, barberry, which is a bark, organ grape root, wild indigo, which is a root, and then we threw in some slippery elm and DGL. So a lot of times, and don't freak out if you start Googling H. pylori, if you test positive, because you will see things like esophageal cancer, you'll mm -hmm. see ulcers, you'll see gastric cancer. That's typically only when the virulence factors are positive and the disease is much stronger. So not everyone who tests positive, and myself included, I had H. pylori years ago and I lost weight without trying. I was really anxious all the time. My skin wasn't good. And I looked into that research. I'm like, oh, crap. Am I, I going to get stomach cancer from this? Fortunately, that's not super common. But 
the nutrient deficiencies, mm. the intestinal inflammation, that's bad enough. Yeah. So so it can still be an infection to wreck you. But what I like to do is I like to use these anti-ulcerative herbs like the DGL. You could throw in chamomile, maybe some glutamine, maybe some zinc carnosine if you want. Yeah. So, so throw in those like calming, soothing herbs too, but then you're also using the ones that suppress the growth of it. And then I'll tell the clients too, like if you are married or you're in a relationship, while the herbs are in your system, you're you're fine. But two, three months later, after you come off of those, you you could get reinfected. Hmm. So, you know, if the spouse is willing, we get them on that too. And if they're willing to test it and prove it, or sometimes they'll just say, hey, you know what, they're willing to do it, and they'll just go for it on their own. Yeah, smart idea. Because again, it can be passed through through kissing, right? Through just uh, um, sharing water bottles, like you mentioned, right? So yeah, super important that we're treating the whole family there. Um, now, how about people that have pets, right? What are you doing as far as that goes? Because a lot of times pets can be carriers when it comes to parasites, different different infections. Are you treating the pet as well? This is true. Well, I, I played with this years ago. I was like, okay, I'm not a vet and I don't even know any vets that are really doing functional medicine on vets. Like I've heard of acupuncture on them. I've heard of people doing some probiotics and things like that. And I experimented with our dog. We had a 15-year-old Shih Tzu that we recently had to put down. I think it was probably cancer. We ran blood on her, and her blood levels just look terrible. Mm. She actually developed a lipoma when we all got exposed to mold. So we know that mycotoxins are carcinogenic. So our pets are often the canary in the coal mine for a bigger issue in the family. So uh, rest in peace to her. She was a great dog. But uh, I did do some work on her, and I used that work to help other families with pets too. And there are certain blends. Funny enough, they're the same blends of herbs, right? They're just different yeah. dosing based on the weight, but there's no magic herb for the dog as opposed to a magic herb for the human. Now, marketing-wise, some of these companies we use, these professional companies will market it for pet, but I broke down the recipe and it's the same thing. It's just says pet on it. So we right. would rotate and we would do some of those. We would do some antimicrobial, anti-parasitic rounds at the same time we're working on us just as an insurance policy. Now, could you go far enough to collect the feces of your dog and test it? Maybe. I don't know if these human labs are running pet microbiomes or not. It's kind of an interesting thought. A lot of people are more passionate about their animals than their than their family members. Like People love their dogs, so maybe we need to do that together. We'll go in on a joint venture and create a, a a pet testing, you know, line. But the truth is, the conventional food that animals are being fed is is generally pretty terrible, and they're nutrient deficient as well. They're eating lots of grains. They're eating gluten, cornmeal, etc. So yeah, if you do have pets and you want them to live a long time and you want to have the best health yourself, you should probably try to improve your 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 pet food. We do find that a lot of pets, uh, I don't know so much about the parasite transfer. You're asking about that. I mean, it makes sense. Like if your dog is slobbering all over the tennis ball and then you grab the tennis ball and throw it and maybe start picking your nose or, you know, you bite your nails after maybe there could be some like fecal or saliva transfer like that. But I do know candida is a big one. So I, mm -hmm. I won't say, Hey, like your dog's going to give you parasites, but I will say, Hey, your dog will give you candida for sure. Because when we take these Petri dishes that we use to test people's homes, we'll have them do a tap test where they'll take their fingers and kind of overlay it over the plate. And then we'll tap it against the pet's fur. And man, I'll tell you some of the nastiest plates we've ever seen come from dogs where they're actually mm. containing 
Candida, Aspergillus, Penicillium, Fusarium, all sorts of different mold and fungal colonies that are just living in the fur of these animals. And that can essentially off-gas into the air. You can breathe in these spores and become recolonized. So I had a woman who, despite all the efforts on improving her home, in her master bedroom, we continued to see a massive amount of candida. Turns out her big golden retriever, big old fluffy dog, full of candida. That pet was off the charts on these Petri dishes. I mean, the candida just took over the entire plate. And so I just said, hey, might want to do some antifungal, anti-yeast products, you know, try to do these tinctures, throw them in the water or something like that, or, you know, sprinkle it on a treat and see if you can get this guy improved because he's part of your problem because he's sleeping in your bed. So either kick him out. She didn't want to do that or try to get his microbiome improved. And then also uh, we do have a pet shampoo that we'll use, which is like an herbal antimicrobial antifungal. So like an essential oil-based pet shampoo. And we'll put that on topically to try to improve the fur. But I tell you, it's, it's interesting because most practitioners aren't thinking that far. They're not yeah, thinking, okay, exactly. is it the dog in the bed that's off-gassing the mm. candida? And that's why we can't beat this candida. And sure enough, it was. Once we got the dog under control, did a Petri dish, the levels were way down, not gone because the dog's going to go roll outside. It's impossible not to bring something in, but the levels were manageable. And then, of course, as we detoxed her, her immune system came back online. And then I think at that point, she was able to gain the upper hand because that's the thing that people may not recognize with these infections. They're called opportunistic infections, okay? So it's not like everyone who gets exposed to something like this is just going to be wrecked. Like it, it's called opportunistic because there's an opportunity where they have the chance to take you down. So that could be a death, a divorce, a big move, travel, uh, dehydration, nutrient deficiencies, low stomach acid, being on proton pump inhibitors, right? Acid blocking drugs, taking antibiotics, being exposed to heavy metals, getting viruses, being exposed to bioweapons. These things all weaken you. And then they go, oh, look at him. Boom. And they take you down. So I don't want everyone being paranoid, thinking like if you ever eat sushi ever again, you're screwed. That's just not the case. But most people in the modern world, they unfortunately, they are so stressed and are so depleted that a lot of us are more vulnerable mm. than we were even 10 years ago. I just wanted to take a moment and tell you guys about Paleo Valley and their apple cider vinegar complex. This is a phenomenal product to help improve your digestion, your blood sugar stability, and your energy levels. Most people are dealing with blood sugar imbalances, and that can lead you to have a crash in the afternoon where you need a nap. It can also lead to unwanted weight gain, to inflammation affecting your joints, your skin, and all different parts of your body. Well, you know what? Apple cider vinegar is one of the best things for helping improve your blood sugar stability. You simply take it with meals, and it helps reduce the glycemic impact of the food that you're consuming. And that's going to help your body to burn fat for fuel. It's going to reduce overall levels of insulin. And insulin is your pro-inflammatory fat storage hormone. We want to get insulin under control. You know what I love about the apple cider vinegar complex that Paleo Valley made is they have a thousand milligrams of apple cider vinegar, which is equivalent to one and a half tablespoons. That is really the clinical dose to get the best results. On top of that, <clears throat> they combined it with 300 milligrams 
of turmeric, which is a powerful anti-inflammatory herb, 300 milligrams of ginger. These are warming herbs that support good digestion, good stomach acid production. They also help to reduce inflammation in the gut and throughout the body. And they have 150 milligrams of cinnamon, which is one of the best herbs for improving insulin sensitivity and blood sugar stability. And they added in 50 milligrams of lemon into the apple cider vinegar complex to support bile flow and pancreatic enzymes. So you can really optimize your digestion and your nutrient absorption. All these ingredients are organic. So you can rest assured you're getting the highest quality product. So if you wanna check out the apple cider vinegar complex, go to paleovalley.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS to save 15% off today. Yeah, it's a really it's a really good point. I think a lot of it has to come down to our resilience factor. And so some level of pathogen exposure is actually really healthy for you. It's it's a hormetic stressor. It helps your body adapt, become stronger, more resilient. Your immune system gets more primed and healthier. However, if your body's already worn down, right? If you're being exposed to chronic toxicity, whether it's again heavy metals, mold, mycotoxins, um, you know, environmental toxins, whatever it is, that's wearing your system down, you're under chronic stress, then your resilience factor is low. So the tolerance point for you when it comes to exposure to these pathogens is very, very low, and it's easy to overshoot that and then develop some sort of chronic infection that um, that really takes you down even worse, right, even more. And so I think that's really the issue. So somebody that's that's healthy, that is feeling really good and keeping their body I'm really primed to doing all the right things that we talk about, getting regular sun exposure, exercise, sleeping, really prioritizing good sleep, keeping stress under control, eating a healthy diet can be exposed to a larger amount of pathogen and not have any sort of, you know, colonization take place because their body will just eliminate it um, on its own. Whereas somebody else that is living in a moldy home or that is going through a divorce or something along those lines they're not going to be able to handle that same pathogen load. And so now they're going to get the symptoms. I mean, you could have two, two people, even possibly in the same family, eat the same food, right? One person gets sick. The other person feels fine, right? No, no major issue. And we see that this kind of stuff all the time. Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, this is why a lot of marriages have been saved by me mm. because of the testing, because the wife gets blamed for being crazy and hormonal. And no, she's full of mold. That's why she's irritable. Mm. And she's got low serotonin. That's why she can't sleep and why she's not as bubbly as she was when you married her because her neurotransmitters are low because she has gut infections screwing up her digestion. But the men trudge on like a foghorn. I'm fine. It's her, right? And so there's this big marriage conflict that happens. And so in those cases, if I know there's a relationship on the rocks, I say, look, get your husband on the call. I want him to hear this from me. Mm. I'll be the bad guy. You want me to tell him, hey, your wife's not crazy? You know, you need to be more supportive. So I've been fortunate to help many relationships like that in, in a functional medicine way because I'm showing on paper what's leading to the symptom, which is then causing the problem, right? Like, oh, she has no sex drive. You know, our marriage is dead because there's no libido. It's like, oh, well, I can show you why. Let me help yeah. you. Let me support you this way. Let me support her that way. Let's keep you guys together. And I really love doing that. I get a lot of joy out of that, even more so than just seeing a new test result that says we cleared the infection, knowing that we've been able to save a relationship and let's say prevent children from dealing with divorced parents. You know, that that's really rewarding for me. And 
you know, you made a comment about kind of like the the chronic stress bucket, what what's all in there. I mean, I hate to tell you this, but you know it too. You know that this is the truth. In the last 10 years, it's gotten worse. It's gotten more intense. The smartphone addiction is out of control. Adults that are 40 and up weren't on social media that much 10 years ago. You know, we're talking what, 2013, that would have been a decade ago. I mean, it was kind of just the the youth that were really into these. And now, I mean, everywhere you go, I'll see people at the beach or in the most beautiful setting ever, and they're 55 and up, and they're both heads down scrolling on their phones on a bench at the park. And I'm like, oh, no, the social media virus has infected the older people too. Holy crap. So what the, what does that mean for us? Are we all doomed? No, but – what it means is you're going to have to be very intentional about putting your phone on airplane mode, leaving it behind, or maybe if you're listening to our podcast, thanks for the support. But otherwise, you got to know when to tune out of this stuff because that's going to be waiting for you later. But if you don't prioritize you now and prioritize calming your system down and trying to self-regulate, you're going to develop problems. Our modern life is not compatible with our DNA and what our genetics expect. And what I mean by that is if you think of ancestral context of hanging out in a tribe, we were not isolated. We weren't just looking and communicating with a couple of people through the screen. We were in the same room, in the same circle. It was common for mothers to even uh, breastfeed other children. Like there was this maternal support that was massive. We had this, this tribe that we just no longer have anymore. It's a digital tribe now, it's a social tribe. So we lost that social isolation is equivalent to smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. We know that literature's out there. And we also had time to stargaze, and we had time to look at the way the wind is blowing. The average hunter-gatherer worked about 18 hours a week, and now people are working more than that. So I'm not saying everyone can live the four-hour work week dream. Like, you know, it takes a special circumstance to be able to achieve something like that. But I think people need to be intentional about this downtime and recalibrating their nervous system. Because if you work all day, you come home, deal with your kids, cook dinner, sit on your phone till bedtime, where was the time for you to regulate that nervous system? Where was that time for you to tell your body everything's okay? If you go from like, eating dinner, having a stressful conversation about your bad day at work, to then reading negative news, to then trying to get restful sleep, that's not a good recipe for you. And I call this out. I know this is a diversion from the gut infection topic, but this is the everyday life that overall brings you down and makes you more susceptible. And I talk with people all day, every day. So I know this is not an uncommon story. This is like the average American now. It's and they may even have the TV on too, blasting pharmaceutical ads in their face while they're scrolling. Like that's the commercial. So they hear that garbage, but then now they're scrolling and looking at other stuff and comparing themselves. And so they're jealous, they're envious, they're, <clears throat> you know, it's just, it, it's a toxic stew. I'm not saying you have to totally eliminate these things, but I think you got to be more aware of your use of them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm right in alignment with you on that. And uh, last question, when you're going through your protocols, right, you're using the herbs to help bring down the infectious load. Are you also using stomach acid support, digestive enzymes? What are some other things that kind of complement what you're doing while you're bringing down uh, the pathogens? 
Yeah, I love it. Great question. So it depends on the symptom and it depends on the biomarkers. So on the GI map, if we're going to see that there's occult blood, there's some microscopic mm. bleeding happening, or we see there's elevated calprotectin, the gut's really inflamed, we may be cautious about using supplemental acids at first. Mm. We may come in with just some enzyme products with no HCL and then wait for the infection to be tamped down a little bit. We feel like inflammation's down, bleeding is down. Then I will love to throw in some extra acid. Saccharomyces boulardii, I do quite a bit of because that's helping as a gentle binder for mycotoxins. That's also helping in the fight against candida overgrowth. I will use like extended release, low histamine probiotics. I've got a blend that we've had for several years that's all low histamine strains because we talked about in the beginning how all these bacteria are producing more histamine and encouraging more of this histamine intolerance or even at the extreme, a mass cell activation problem. So we'll do those probiotics that helps reduce histamine. We'll do the Saccharomyces. We'll do the binders. I'm often doing some sort of liver and adrenal support. So this is usually a combo product, either capsules or tincture. We're helping with bile flow. So there may be supplemental ox bile in there. There may be taurine, methionine, some of these nutrients to encourage that flow of bile because mycotoxins hang out in the bile. So if we can get more bile flow, in theory, the binders will have more toxin to get access mm. to. So that may speed up the protocol. And then if there's mitochondrial damage, which there usually is in the case of mold toxin or chemical exposure, we're doing things there. So it could be carnitine, creatine, ribose, B vitamins, malic acid, CoQ10, things to help encourage mitochondrial ATP output. Because these people are so tired. If we want them to function, we've got to get them charged. So we're plugging them into the little battery pack to try to get them back up on their feet so they can be strong enough to live their life while doing the protocol. Um, there could be brain chemistry support there if there's massive brain chemistry issues where they can't sleep, they're too anxious, they're having panic attacks, they're really depressed and apathetic. We may come in and boost them. We may do dephenylalanine. We may do some rhodiola to help give a natural antidepressant effect. We may throw in some Siberian ginseng to help them. If they're trying to get back into exercise, we may do cordyceps to encourage more oxygenation of the tissues. Uh, if there's Lyme and co-infections, we may bring Japanese knotweed in. We may do some Atoba bark. We may do cat's claw. Uh, we like to do a lot of cryptolepis. That's a great herb that acts against SIBO, but it's awesome against Bartonella and Babesia, which I've dealt with those infections, unfortunately. So that's kind of the stew that we end up with. It's a combination yeah. of the brain, the adrenals, the liver, the digestive support, the enzymes, some of the probiotics. The binders are a big piece, though, that... Mm. Many people just, they, they're not consistent enough with them. Like I'll follow yeah. up with people. I'm like, hey, you keeping up with those little black capsules? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> it's like, well, you really need that because all this work upstream here is supporting you, but we got to get this, you know, this drain, this this clog of toxins. We got to get this crap out of you. So uh, I, I really have to hit people hard on the binder conversation. Yeah, for sure. You know, the binders are like the, the uh, garbage garbage trucks, right? So they're actually taking the trash and bringing it to the landfill, right? Getting it out the system. So super important that we're adding that in. And uh, this is great. One, wonderful interview, Evan. Uh, guys, you can check him out, evanbrand.com. Check him out. He's got a great functional medicine course that you guys can check out. I know you've got the belly, Better Belly course. Um, what, what are your other courses? Yeah, I've got four now. Better Belly's the flagship. Got 800 yeah. students in there. That teaches you how to read your own labs. So if you're a do-it-yourself person, you want to run your own functional labs, if you're ordering through Dr. Jockers or wherever you get them, doesn't matter to me, 
but let me teach you how to like read these. And then how do you make a protocol? And I've got tons of case studies from one-year-olds to 80-year-olds in there, which is killer. A lot of practitioners in that. And then I've got Better Home, which is like mold, air purification, good flooring, how to avoid toxic glues, furniture advice, et cetera. And then I've got Better Energy, which is like a chronic fatigue course, more designed for like mitochondrial yeah. issues. And then Better Coach is my practitioner exclusive course. That's for coaches that either have a practice or want to practice or want to grow one. It's all about the nitty gritty details of that. Great, great guys. Check it out, ebonbrand.com. You can also work with him and his coaches, his health coaches as well, if you're looking for one-on-one support. So Evan, thanks again for your time. And guys, we'll see you on a future interview. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.